Welcome to another episode of the brand called You, a video and podcast show that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today, it is my privilege to welcome a classmate of mine, a very, very successful professional, and a very successful entrepreneur from Dubai, K. Rajaram, to the show. Raja, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ashu. Thanks for having me. Raja is an engineer. He and I are both from Jamnalal Bajaj. He is. He spent his whole life in automobiles. He's currently the CEO of Al Nabuda Automobiles LLC, which is the world's largest Porsche dealer. Raja, tell me, what would you say are three key milestones in your life or your career? Ashu, a lot in life depends on luck, also. Correct. It's all good to be competent and all that, you know, the jazz that the teachers in business school. Yeah. There's a huge element of luck. Correct. Being at the right place at the right time doing the right thing. Correct. That counts for a heck of a lot. Yeah. Like when I went to Muscat first, there was no electricity, no water. Really? The seat, the streets of that city were paved with gold mm. because everything in the city needed. Mm. Likewise, when I moved to Dubai, Dubai was just starting off on its boom. Correct. So the timing in all cases was right. So I think that is a very, very important essence hmm. of success. Correct. Okay. Then after that comes the competence and the way you look at things and how you do things. Yeah. But to a large extent, I would say that is one of the stepping stones of success. Wonderful. So let's talk about cars. I mean, that's a world that you have spent a lifetime in. Lifetime. Forty years. Absolutely. Tell me, what is it about cars that gets the hormone levels up? See, cars are iconic things, you know, and mm. uh, it's not that a, a guy just goes and buys a car. Mm. A car is an extension of his personality. Okay. He's telling the world who he is, what he is, by the car he drives. Right. And then it becomes an emotion. Hmm. And that's what drives the big brands like the Ferraris, the Maseratis, the Porsches. Mm. Because they're all icons, you know, and this is why children put their photographs in their rooms. Mm. You know, from the time they're five years old, the dream is, oh, I must have a Porsche. Yeah. So that's, but the car, apart from just being a method of taking you from place A to place B, mm. is very, very emotive. I can imagine. So, you know, you have built Porsche from 365 cars a year to 5,000 and growing. Tell me, you know, you're a marketing person. Um, and I remember you from business school. You were one of the brighter marketing people with a great earthy kind of sense. I don't disagree with you on that. But that, that apart. <laughs> what I'm coming to <laughs> is that with all your background of marketing, what goes into building a car brand? Okay. Simply, simply this. Ashu, huh. when somebody comes to you and puts down $200,000 to buy a product, Correct. he wants service. Hmm. There are no compromises on that at all. Correct. You can't even drop one centimeter in that. Hmm. Because once the guy has put down that big ticket item, hmm. he's not going to listen to excuses. Hmm. And this is where we have succeeded tremendously. And I'm very happy to say that 95% of our customers are return customers. Wow. Which turned, which is a lot to say because they come back and say, look, these guys have looked after me. So, uh, I th and apart from that, Porsche is an iconic brand. Correct. 
you know, uh, if, and I must also say it does sell itself. Mm -hmm. The reputation sells itself. Mm -hmm. But if you don't back it up with fabulous after sale service mm -hmm. and looking after the customer, the brand will fail either way. And when you say service, one is the service you give when he before he puts down his money. Yeah. The second is after sales, isn't it? Yeah. So very, very important. After sales is very important. Correct. This is to make sure the car is on the road hmm. 24 hours a day. Hmm. I mean, there's no point in the car, car spending its time in my workshop. Hmm. Of no good to anybody. Very true. And, you know, the United Arab Emirates is one of the most open markets for automobiles. Yeah. I mean, every time I've been there, I see every possible brand there. On my road alone, every single dealer is there. Correct. What is it that you, Raja, did differently for Al Nabuda, which made you such a big success? Looking after our customers. Okay. Like I told you, that is when we get the repeat customers, uh, looking after them, treating them like they're genuine, genuine partners of ours okay. and that has really really paid us in the long run hmm. and of course you know you must have nice facilities because nobody wants to come to a shabby tin shack to buy a two hundred thousand dollar car hmm. nobody wants to go into a lousy workshop with oil lying all over the floor to service a two hundred thousand dollar car Correct. all that must be top notch Correct. And once the hardware is there the software kicks in then and what about your uh, you know, comment on the world's largest showroom or after-sales facility that you have built in Dubai? I have three brands, Audi, Volkswagen and Porsche. Okay. As you know, the Volkswagen group owns all of this. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, Volkswagen owns Audi, Porsche and 11 other brands, which is Seat, Skoda and down the line, whatever it is. Hmm. The most important, so we have the world's largest showroom in Audi. Mm -hmm. We have the world's largest workshop in Volkswagen okay. and we have the world's largest showroom in Porsche. Wow. Our showroom is four floors mm. to sell Porsches. Wow. Now, that comes out of volume, uh, Ashu. You know, you can't expect somebody in India who sells 10 cars to have a four floor showroom. It, you know, the, the numbers don't stack up. But once you have the volume and you have the revenue, yes. you know. But like I said, you have to deliver to the customer the hardware also. And how I big is the Dubai, UAE market? Sorry? How big is the UAE market in, in terms of the number of cars sold? We are currently running at about two, three hundred thousand, but you know, the pandemic has yeah, slammed it really down. But mm -hmm. we are currently running at about two, three hundred thousand. Okay. And then, you know, since you've got three different brands, oh. do you have completely different teams looking after the three brands from a oh, marketing perspective? They're isolated. Each of them has its own general manager. Mm -hmm. its own team, its own workshops, its own showrooms, everything is separate. Okay. And therefore, diverting to say people, when you say each of them has a general manager, yeah. when you hire a CEO for each of your businesses, yeah. what do you look for? Honesty, integrity, okay. and he must have love for the brand. Mm. You know, if, you, if you're not in love with the brand, you can't sell it. Correct. And once it's there, then it um, sells itself. Okay. And, you know, if you look at now the digital 
ecosystem that is changing the entire world of retail yeah are you beginning to see any impact on uh, for cars as well yes they are but then you see again the car is a different thing altogether yes people come we have a uh, internet thing where you can go book your car book a test drive but eventually you got to put your ass on the seat mm. you got to drive the car yourself correct you know this is not like buying a bottle of perfume correct i mean the car you have to drive it you have to feel it you have to love it mm. and for that you they people have to be driven into the showroom you know i'd like buying any other product which you know okay, like a television set sure. it's 75 inches that's it you know nothing else you can do with it correct so you know when you when i look at car brands over the years a lot of car brands are iconic but they die yeah and yet there are some which continue to keep reinventing themselves and keep staying relevant irrespective of the generation yeah what makes a car brand last for a long time i mean a mercedes with always seems to be young yeah or she always seems to be young yet american brands seem to be dying out it yeah, can't just be service eh? let me tell you it's the engineering that's gone into the car okay and this is where the germans have scored over the rest of the world by miles mm-hmm. today the german cars have, have a reputation of having the best engineering in them mm. be it audi be it bmw be it porsche be it uh, volkswagen anything mm. but the engineering is top notch mm. and that is where the americans failed okay the americans decided they'll mass produce cars mm. that works for a certain amount of time mm. but that neither builds loyalty nor builds a liability mm. which the germans put into their cars okay Okay. and that is the essential difference okay and uh, i guess you know the manufacturers are continuously redesigning retesting relaunching uh, their brands isn't it yes absolutely and you have to stay one step ahead of the game every time mm. like right now the great thing the new kid on the block is electric cars yeah. i was just coming to that tesla yes. started their game mm-hmm. now everybody has stepped in and well uh, i have my views on electric cars mm-hmm. which may not be what the world thinks it is what are your views simply ashu i have yet to find out mm-hmm. what is the carbon that we are saving mm-hmm. between generating 1 kilowatt of electricity using hydrocarbons mm-hmm. and putting in a clean car now there is only one country in the world which generates 100% of its electricity clean that is either solar or water whatever it is that is holland okay i can understand holland coming and saying let's have electric cars we are carbon free mm. but if the rest of the world is going to burn hydrocarbons to generate electricity mm. and this electricity is what goes into the car mm. i don't see the okay there might be a small saving in the footprint but i don't see a substantial saving and the other thing is the infrastructure that you have to now rebuild Hmm. the grid lines the lines that you have to lay these are expensive stuff because all these electric lines and all were put in you know hundreds of years ago 70 years ago 60 years ago right they be able to stand this load i i think there's a lot of thinking that has to and then the other thing that they started off on is autonomous cars hmm 
the legislation that you require for autonomous cars mm. is something tremendous. I mean, as an insurer, who is responsible right. if the car has an accident? Right. So, you know, uh, it's good to jump on the bandwagon and say it's something new, it's something great, but I don't think it's been well thought of. Mm. So, you know, if you look at automobiles, two new things that are coming in, and you've just spoken over both of them. One is the, the electric cars and the other is the driver-free cars. Yeah. And you think that most countries are still not yet uh, ready in terms of the carbon footprint of each of these cars. I would, there are, well, they're now laying the infrastructure, but still, again, you know, uh, how much can they lay and how quickly can they lay? It? And the other thing is, now, the waste of the batteries, mm -hmm. disposing of that is another big issue. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, uh, let's see how the world copes with it in the future. That's true. I agree with you. So one more question on cars before I move to your other entrepreneurial venture. Yeah. This is the age of the millennials. You know, your, your, your son, my children, my son, yeah. all are millennials. And obviously, they are very attracted to automobiles. Yeah. What, in your opinion, is happening to the automobile business because of the millennials and the Gen Zs? Okay, let me tell you. The new setup, the millennials don't want to own. Okay. Okay? They don't want hindrances. Okay. They want to go rent. That is why you have this plethora of rental companies. That is why you have a plethora of the Ubers and things like that. It's so easy. Like my son says, Dad, pick up the phone. Call an Uber and it takes you where you want. Now, why the hell would I buy a car, get through this insurance and, you know, all the malarkey of ownership? Yeah. The kids nowadays, they don't want hang-ups. Mm. They just want the easy way out. And that is changing the way that we sell cars also. So, a great number of our cars are also going to companies like Uber mm -hmm. and uh, Kareem and things like that. And now we also have, uh, you have these car slots. Mm -hmm. where you can rent a car for an hour or two. So things are changing tremendously. And I think the ownership pattern is going to change a lot in the years to come. And will that change uh, the way the car companies have to do their business? Absolutely, they will. Absolutely, they will. And they're also gearing up for it. That is why, you know, they are looking at various methods mm. of, you know, uh, tackling this issue. So from an individual customer, you're now, the focus is now shifting to these companies which buy cars to rent out or lease out to people. So, Rani, let's move to the next part of uh, our conversation, which is about your entrepreneurial venture, the Aloft Hotel. Yeah. You mentioned that your son runs the Aloft Hotel. Yeah. Which, uh, my first and basic question is that a lifetime in cars, why in why tourism? Why don't you do something in cars? Okay. Very simple reason. My son has always loved hospitality. Okay. He is a graduate from Cornell, mm -hmm. which is a prob probably the finest hospitality school in the world. And when he came back and, and Dubai, what is Dubai? Dubai is tourism and hospitality. Right. So that was just a natural progression into that. Mm -hmm. And we had this opportunity near the new airport. And the uh, hotel is up and running now. So, okay. The pandemic is something nobody even thought of. Absolutely. But still, there are challenges. So, tell me about the hotel. How big is it? And uh, 
We have about uh, 200 rooms. It's a four-star hotel. It's uh, not a five-star, one of the luxury things. It's more a business person's hotel. And it's just outside the new airport that Dubai is building at Dubai World Central. Okay. And uh, that's where we are now. Okay. So, you know, my question, next question to you is on startups. I mean, you know, the Aloft is a startup. And I'm sure, yeah. like me, you must have invested in many, many startups. Yeah. Some must have worked, some probably did not. As you look back and as you look at your own venture, what in your opinion are some of the basic mistakes a lot of startup entrepreneurs make? They overextend themselves, Ashur. In terms of money? In terms of money. Okay. You only grow as much as you have in your own bank to pay. Mm. The day you step over that line, you're doomed. Because something like a pandemic is something you never thought would hit you. Correct. And then it happens, you're finished. So you must make sure that you have the internal resources to withstand what you can do. Okay. If you don't, don't touch the venture. And do not ever get into this impression that, ah, let me go borrow the money now, the revenues will increase in the future. That is not what is going to happen in this world. It does not happen. Right. You make sure the revenues are coming in first before you go commit to a bigger loan. Hmm. That is true. And, and taking a loan is always a challenge. You it know. is a challenge and now the thing is money is worth nothing. People are throwing money at you. Correct. And that's, you know, making people greedy. Mm. But you have to pay it back sometime. Correct. And that's when the crunch comes. Correct. Now, who are the people who are suffering in the pandemic? The people who are suffering in the pandemic today are people who have huge borrowing for their balance sheet. Very true. They have to service the loan. They have to repay the loan. And that is creating a problem. Mm. But if you're carrying no debt, yeah. okay, you take the loss as an entrepreneur and you sit back and wait. Very true. Very but at true. least nobody's putting a gun to your head saying, return my money. Correct. Well said. Yeah. So I've got time for a few questions for you personally now. Sure. My first question is, a career of 40 plus years, what does success mean to you? Success, to me, I'm happy it has given me the ability to travel. Mm -hmm. It's given me the ability to be with my grandchildren and, you know, uh, because we all live in the same city and I've been able to have everybody here. Mm -hmm. And success to me has also been that our success has not been just confined to what we have done, but we are in the world. We have set up a name. Correct. Now, when you say you are the largest Porsche dealer in the world, it counts for something because, uh, you know, each car you sell is a quarter million dollars. Mm. You know, and uh, we are happy that what we have done in uh, terms of uh, is not only affecting the country and where we live in, but it's also taking our name worldwide. Mm. And again, next question is that, uh, you know, we are of similar vintage yeah. and yet, you know, we keep going with more and more interesting things that we do. Where do you draw your inspiration from? Inspiration comes in from various sources. You know, when you travel, you look around, you know, you learn from the people around you. And also the urge and your own thing to do something different. You know, when you say you have built the world's largest showroom, it's a legacy that you're leaving behind. Correct. So if Radharam dies tomorrow, mm -hmm. 
where people pass by, they'll say, hey, he built it. Mm. You know? And you draw inspiration from what you can do and what legacy you can leave behind for the future. Very good. Well said. Well said. My next question is that, you know, if you, Raja, were a role model to millions of children who for closely followed your life choices, what is the one thing you would change in yourself? Look after your health. Okay. When you're young, it's very easy to burn the candle at both ends. Mm. Don't do it. Mm. We all did it and we're paying the price for it today. Okay. Okay. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's very easy to say, hey, you know, today everything is fine. You know, you can go through half a bottle of whiskey in the night. You know, you're 30 years old, doesn't matter. But when you start hitting 55 and 60, all those half bottles start showing on you. So true. So true. That's two experienced people talking. Yeah. My next question is that how have you changed over the years? You know, I was a firebrand. I know. I that still is some part of it. I have changed quite a bit. Okay. I have mellowed down over the years. Uh -huh. But being a firebrand when I was young helped. Hmm. Because, you know, it uh, always helped to kick a few asses. You right. know? Because when I came and took over this company, we were down and out. Uh -huh. You know, everybody had his head down. They were all waiting for the company to close down. They didn't know whether tomorrow the company door would open, whether we had money to pay salaries. And you really had to, you know, kick them into action. Mm. That helped at that time. But now as time goes on, you become mellow. You know, you take a, a seat. I don't actively run the company on a day-to-day -day basis. My general managers do it. But uh, I do all the, you know, the looking into the future mm. on what we can, how we can expand, what we can do. And that is my role now. Okay. I, I don't get into the nitty-gritty of how many cars to order, you know, what to do. All those days are gone. Sure. I agree with you. And my last question to you, and therefore I come back to the pandemic, how are you rethinking your life in the new world order? Oh, it's, I, I think we all have to rethink the way we are going to do things. Because even let us say that there is a vaccine and everything goes back to normal. Hmm. I think a lot of people are going to sit back and say, hey, look, all this money that we were spending in the past, in huge offices and things like that, is was it really necessary? Right. Because we were perfectly fine when we were locked up at home. Everything went on. Right. We were talking on Zoom with you. You know, we got our business done. So why throw all this money? Mm. I think there is where a sea change is going to come in the way we all do business. I agree. And like you said, all this computerization and all the technology and the analytics that's coming in, mm. you, you can do it on the net now. Correct. Right. The only thing that will come is in the physical buying of the car. People will still come to us. But most other products, I think, can be done very differently than what is happening now. Right. The car is the only thing which is different because, A, you have to take possession of the car. You have to drive the car. It's a different thing. Correct. You know, you don't take a TV for a test drive. Right. <laughs> very true. Very true. Raja, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you. I wish you good health, as you said, yeah. and, and of course, success in everything that you do. Same to you, Vashu. Thank you very much. And I hope to see you in Dubai sometime. I'm sure. The sure. last time we saw you with your wife. Remember? Yeah, you were both there. Yeah. We were both there. 
should be there hopefully in the next uh, month or two months we are planning something good let us know we'll do we'll do we'll do thanks again thank you for listening to the brand called you video cast and podcast a platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals you can also follow us on youtube facebook instagram and twitter just search for the brand called you